Hello and welcome back to the Clear Cruise podcast. My name is Toby Cruz. This is episode five already and what an exciting episode we have in store for you today. So Andy Harmer has been everywhere across the cruise industry getting you the latest, including some of the biggest news this week, the reveal of the Scarlet Lady Virgin Voyages brand new ship debuting in 2020. Andy was there at the shipyard in Genoa to give us the latest and speak to some of the Virgin team. He also had a sit down chat with cruise and travel blogger Gary Bembridge to talk a little bit about travel and tourism and what to expect for the rest of the year. And of course we get the latest from Australasia with Peter Collar later on. But first, Andy Harmer met up with Managing Director of Tour Operations for Gold Medal and Travel 2, Lisa McCauley. Lisa, thank you for joining us. Um, You've been in travel a while. Uh, What attracted you to come over to the cruise sector? I think when you look at the share of voice that the cruise industry gets um, within the UK travel industry, it's significant. So there's a lot of noise out there in terms of um, the experience that cruise lines offer. So when I saw the opportunity, of course, I was intrigued. But it hasn't always had that share of voice. It's come from a very niche background. Cruising? Yes. Absolutely it has. But also that was part of the attraction as well. So I've worked in other niche markets before, school travel, um, ski. But, um, you know, there's such a buzz about cruising and has been for a good few years now. So um, it was just a a segment that I really wanted to get into. Uh, And it has got a lot of share of voice, particularly in the trade. Why do you think we're still... You know, under 2 million in the UK, for example, we're still a small percentage of total package holidays. I think the um, misconceptions about cruising are absolutely evident. I myself had never cruised um, before I started working for Silver Sea. And um, actually, during my interview, I actually said that I was highly unlikely to ever take a cruise. Wow. Um, yet still got the job. <laughs> but um, the, the, some of the, the challenges, I think, that were there um, a decade ago are still there today. So despite the amount of innovation and the amount of investment that's going in, there's still something that's not resonating with a particular segment of, uh, of the UK population. And do you think that's also true and still true of that ultra-luxury part of the market for high spenders? Um, I'm not sure because I think that segment has always been um, open to experiential travel. So experiential travel, it seems to have been a bit of a buzzword of late. Yeah. Um, but the ultra-luxury segment, they've always been about um, the, the destination. So um, I, I, what I do think has made a big difference for ultra-luxury is the growth in the expedition um, fleet. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a, a, for a lot of cruise lines now. So expedition really is, is something that I think um, will help propel um, cruising just in general. Because it's so much about destination. Absolutely, yeah. And and how do you talk to those high earners, those people who spend a lot of money on land-based holidays? How do you talk to them in a way that overcomes that cruise part of it, if you like? I think it's, um, it's all about the tone of voice. Um, I think um, visual... Um, I think video plays such an important part nowadays in selling any destination and I think that should also be the case with with cruising as well but less about the hardware 
yeah. and still more about the destination. Because actually talking to customers about, if you like, the software, about service, is quite a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, because every single cruise line out there says yeah. that they've got the best onboard service. Sure. Absolutely. So, And um, a lot of cruise lines use that image, stereotypical image of a middle-aged couple chinking champagne glasses uh, on deck. Um, I think that's a far cry from reality, really. So, um, yeah, I I just think video, all of us, irrespective of, of what segment of the cruise industry yeah. you're in, should make better use of video to bring the product alive. And is it still that older market that tends to do an ultra-luxury cruise? Um, yes, for the classic uh, fleet, but for Expedition, absolutely not. So I myself went to the Galapagos oh, wow. um, last July, and I took my daughter, who was 11 at the time, and um, the ship was only, it's a 100, it carries 100, 100 passengers, but yeah. there were 11 children on board, oh, wow. which is not a huge amount, but 11 is percentage It is, absolutely, on, on, a, on a ship that's that size as well. And there were children that were um, younger than my daughter, but its expedition does have a place in the family market, definitely. And from a travel agent's perspective, I guess one of the challenges is understanding what the destination experience is like in places like the Galapagos or mm. like Antarctica, because they don't sell it as an everyday holiday. Mm. How do you, how, and how much work is there being done to kind of educate the trade in terms of those destinations? I think when you look at things like virtual reality, I think it's becoming easier for agents um, but what we used to find was actually if you're looking at going to that type of destination, the customer, the consumer has done um, a huge amount of research um, in the first place anyway. So the um, agent, it's more about the transaction and the service of servicing the booking as opposed to actually selling the destination itself. Right. That's interesting. And you've, you've since moved on from Silver Sea and you're now working for a, I guess, a tour operator. Yes. Um, and I guess that packaging, that creation of bespoke product is important in this sector. Yeah, I think particularly when you're trying to attract new to cruise as well. So, and that's irrespective of where, um, where you're selling cruising to. So, you know, in years gone by, um, a lot of people just thought of cruising stay as the Caribbean and would say, okay, Barbados round trip um, cruise for seven nights and seven nights in a hotel. But actually, when you look at some of the experiential opportunities within, uh, well, across the world, so you mm. look at, you know, Europe and adding on the Venice Simplon or Alaska cruise with the Rocky Mountaineer. Yeah. Um, I myself did um, the Inca Trail as well. So there are those kind of um, package opportunities. And I actually think by doing something like that, you are more inclined to attract somebody who's not a traditional cruise customer. And I guess it makes it easier for the travel agent because you, you create everything for them, I guess, in some Absolutely, ways. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and also it's, it's high margin business. So yeah. from a commercial perspective, it makes sense too. So finally, what's, cruise is changing all the time, the travel sector is changing all the time. Is there a trend? Is there something that's next that you think will have a, an impact on this area? Um, I still think that um, there's a lot of growth in expedition. Um, so I would hang my hat on that in terms of being, um, if you were a cruise line, you would invest in it. And, yeah. and actually what I do think agents may be missing out on though, is really harnessing expedition now because the demand may not be as pent up as what it will be in five, five or so years' time. Excellent. Thank you ever so much. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Andy Harmer and I'm here today at Fincantieri where Virgin Voyagers has made a number of big announcements about their soon-to-launch first ship but also seen the steel cutting for the very second ship. And I'm here with Stacey who's based in North America and Shane who many people in the UK will know who's looking after the UK part of Virgin Voyagers. Uh, Stacey, this is a huge day for Virgin Voyagers. How exciting to be here. Uh, what, what's, what's the big announcement for you? Was it the name or was it some of the other reveals that we've had? No, it's a, an incredibly exciting day for all of us. Uh, I think uh, the announcement of the Scarlet Lady and our name, um, to see not only the brand coming to life, but you know, I was here in the shipyard in October when we were laying the keel um, and there was nothing really to see other than the excitement of, of Richard Branson and Boy George and, and our, our Tom McAlpin. Which is exciting enough, right? Boy yes. George being here. Yeah, but now that we're actually here several months later and seeing our ship um, really coming to life and coming together uh, and then and to, to reveal the name to the world of the ship is an incredible feeling. And you can actually call it a ship now because it, it looks like a ship for the first time. Is it is the first time you've seen it in, in such a not finished state because it's about only 40% built but it, it looks like a ship now. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were looking for some of our executives yesterday and somebody answered when I asked where is so-and-so well they're on the ship. And we said, oh, well, that's a thing now, on the ship, because for you the can first actually time. be on the ship. So. And you've, you've worked in cruise for a long time, but it must be very exciting working for a brand that's new, and everything is new, and everything, I guess, therefore, is very exciting. Yeah, to be able to start, um, I mean, I've been in the industry my entire career, and I've worked for some exceptional companies and yeah. done some very innovative things. But to work for a brand that is starting from a blank sheet of paper and to be able to create everything uh, from scratch and to think about the sailor and our partners and, uh, you know, we talk about an epic sea change for all, meaning uh, our communities, our oceans, our ports, our partners, our sailors, um, really trying to do something very different and change, change the business for good. Fantastic. And Shane, you must have felt that this was a great brand for you to get involved with. Yeah, this was the dream gig. And this is the job that you pinch yourself every single day. So every time I learn something more about the ship, the product, the brand, um, and about, Stacey mentioned about changing business for good. Something um, that we announced today was the Scarlet Squad. So one thing that I was shocked to hear is 97% of officers uh, on board, senior officers on board ships are actually male. Uh, and something that we're doing is introducing the Scarlet Squad to address that and moving forward, uh, we'll be nurturing female talent to make sure we address that balance. So something like that for me, it makes me so proud to work for a company like Virgin Voyages because it's an example of how we are tangibly changing business for good and creating an epic sea change. And that's a great example, actually, because you're changing perceptions about cruising. Every, well, it feels like it every time you make an announcement. Yeah. And, and how, do, how do you think the customer's going to respond to that? Because this is, is presumably a different kind of cruise holiday. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're trying to create something for people who might not have considered cruising um, because they don't understand it or they don't think it's cool or um, for, for or whatever, whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but we know that there are many, many people who are cruising today who love the, the concept and the idea, um, who will really like what we're doing. And, you know, we, we've talked about, you've heard Tom speak about um, very openly, not everyone will like what we're doing. Of course. But many people will love what we're doing, and that's really who we're trying to reach. And actually in the UK, Shane, a lot of people have said we're excited about 
Virgin coming along because it'll it'll suddenly showcase crews to a whole new customer base that maybe we haven't spoken to before. Yeah, absolutely, and and the demand is there already. So what surprises me, having joined Virgin Voyages, is we've had people ready to part with their money and buy a product that they know nothing or very little about so far. So there is such demand out there for people who are loyal to the Virgin brand. They understand that Virgin does something different when Virgin enters into a sector, and Virgin Voyages is no different to that. We are ex- exceptionally excited about everything that we're doing. And, and when I joined the business, I put my faith completely in Stacey because I knew nothing about the business other than we were going to create an epic sea change. And I, yeah. I trusted that it was going to be so special and incredible. And I honestly have to say, every single day, I'm amazed by what we're doing. Every element of a cruise holiday has been thought about and making sure that we're creating an exceptional experience and we're not just creating somebody's best week of their year we are creating somebody's best week of their life or whatever vacation yeah. they spent at with least us that's the goal yeah that's the goal yeah, yeah. and and what's what's refreshing and clear from from this event is that you're also a very trade friendly brand as well so and the trade will be an important part of your your, your model going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been very clear that we refer to our travel partners as first mates. And the reason why we call them first mates is a first mate is the captain's right-hand man, the, the most trusted, loyal companion. And that's exactly how we see um, our our first mates, our travel partners. So we're incredibly keen. We've had some of our first partners, our first mates out here uh, in Genoa with us, with yourself. So yeah. it's been great for the first time to actually start talking um, to our potential first mates. Uh, and it's great because I do think there'll be uh, people out there that I've never saw cruises before uh, and I do genuinely think Virgin Voyages will open the door to them to enter into the cruise market but also people who are experienced in selling cruise they will have an opportunity to attract and speak to a new audience that they perhaps have never spoken to before. And very quickly because I can hear that stuff is already happening in, in the background there but very quickly in the UK is an important part of the distribution for Virgin Voyages. Absolutely yeah uh, we like to say that we're a global brand with an American address and a British heritage so we know there's a natural love and affinity and affection for our brand uh, especially from the UK Uh, it's a very special and important market for us and one of the greatest things that I have found about uh, my gig at Virgin Voyages is being able to listen to travel partners from all around the world to what they like what they don't like what's hard for them what are their obstacles um, and to create and build something um, to, to address all of those things. So we think that people will be pretty excited about uh, our partners, our first mates, about what we have to say to them in a couple of months. Uh, we sure hope so, and we can't wait to talk about that. Fantastic. Well, listen, both of you, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for what is already an amazing day. I look forward to seeing the ship close up as well. Thank you, Andy. Awesome. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Hi there. Why don't you introduce yourself? So I'm Gary Benbridge and I'm Tips for Travellers. I mostly focus on YouTube, so I have a nice big YouTube channel, mostly focused on cruising. And why cruising? What happened? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I got into cruising, by, like most people, by accident. I actually went on a work tour. I was talking on a marketing conference on a ship and uh, I was, didn't want to go, but I went and I just got hooked from there. From then onwards, it was all uphill. Downhill, whichever, right <laughs> whichever way, whichever way, yeah, whichever way it runs. Uh, and what, in terms of places you've cruised to, what's been your favourite? My favourite so far is the Arctic. Um, you know, right up in Svalbard, and that's the thing I like most about cruising is the ability to go to places that are either very hard to get to, right. or are better seen by sea. So that's why I love places like Alaska, the Arctic, places like that. 
And what kind, what kind of content do you have on your videos? Because So it's very, as it would suggest, Tips for Travellers. So I do a lot around helping people choose the right cruise line because I'm okay. obsessed with people being on the right cruise line. So my most popular videos will tend to be, you know, cruise line X, what do you need to know? So that's the most popular stuff uh, of all. So very tips focused. And if there was one reason why people should choose to cruise, what would it be? I think probably because it take you can go to places that you it's really difficult to go to buy any other way and it's very efficient less stress-free and and also the, the reason i think you choose cruise is it's a much more efficient way of using your time because you don't lose a lot of time traveling because once you're on the ship unpacked it's all then holiday it's not commuting fantastic thank you very much thank you so that's nearly it now for this quite jam-packed episode. But before we go, here is a quick update from Clear Australasia's Peter Collar. Peter. Further data was launched recently to better analyse the various source markets of the world and get a larger picture of who is cruising. Last week it was New Zealand's turn with the announcement that more Kiwis took a cruise in 2017 than any other time in their history with close to 100,000 passengers, which is 2.2% of their population. Now this is remarkable given the fact that they rely more on fly cruise options than most markets and the growth is extremely strong when you look at the pattern of growth. In fact in the last three to four years the market has almost doubled. Apart from the cruise options around New Zealand and Australia the main attraction continues to be the Mediterranean for the Kiwis with the average age of that cruise itinerary being 55. For those who would like the full analysis, you can download the Cruise Industry Ocean Source Market Report for New Zealand on our website, www.cruising.org.au. As for the bigger picture, well, we now see that 2 million passengers from 145 different nations are cruising across the Australasian region of Australia, New Zealand and the South Pacific. Obviously, the strong Australian market makes up 50% of these, but the second most participating nation is the United States, with the UK as well up there with 21,000 passengers in the area, ranked fourth, followed by Europeans and Canadians with 14,000 residents cruising the region. So that's all for this week. It's been an incredible week. Um, you can see why Andy's been so busy. Let us know what you thought on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Send us your thoughts. Send us your questions. Let us know what you're thinking. And of course, share this with anyone you think would be interested. We really want to spread the message of what's going on in the cruise industry. It's been such an exciting time. But until next time, I've been Toby Cruz. Happy cruising.